حَتَّى until إِذَا جَاءَ when it came أَحَدَهُمْ to one of them الْمَوْتُ the death until when death comes to one of them قَالَ he said رَبِّ ارْجِعُونِي رَبِّ oh my lord ارْجِعُونِي send me back return me حَتَّى until what does it mean by this? That this is the state of the heedless. Meaning someone who stays in the company of shaitan, who keeps listening to shaitan, and shaitan gets the better of him, squeezes him, and pokes him, and makes him destroy his deeds, and makes him ruin his relationships. For such people, what happens? They continue in this way, in this heedlessness, under the effect of shaitan, and they spend their entire lives like this, one mistake after another, until إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ When death comes to one of them, and this person sees his end, what does he say? قَالَ He says, رَبِّ ارْجِعُونِي O my Lord, return me. ارْجِعُونِي Return me. Notice the word irji'u. What does the wow indicate? Plural. But Allah is one. Why does a person say, You all, O oh my Lord, return me? Why is the plural being used to address Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? For ta'zim, for adab. Like for example, the sha'ir, one of the poets, he said, Ala farhamuni ya ilaha Muhammad. Farhamuni. Have mercy on me. O God of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Meaning, O Allah, have mercy on me. But notice he said, Farhamuni. Farhamu. Because when you address someone, one individual, alright, with a plural, what's the objective? That you're showing their greatness and your smallness. So, irji'uni, O my Lord, O great Lord, please return me, send me back to the world. Give me another chance. Give me a few more days. And irji'u, irji'u, it also means irji'r, 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 irji'r. Meaning when a person is saying something over and over and over and over again, then it's just said once in the plural form. You understand? Then it's just said once in the plural form. So what this means is that from the moment of death onwards, this person says, Oh my Lord, return me. And he doesn't say once. He says it over and over again. When the angels of death first appear, he says, Oh my Lord, send me back. When the angels of death take the soul, he says, Oh my Lord, send me back. When he is put in the ground, in his grave, Oh my Lord, send me back. When he is questioned, Oh my Lord, send me back. On the day of resurrection, Oh my Lord, send me back. Oh my Lord, send me back. He will not say this once, but over and over again. Rabbir Jiruni. What do we see over here? That a person who lives his life in heedlessness, satisfying his ego, he may be happy now. He may feel very satisfied after blowing up. However, when death will come, then there will only be eternal regret. Some people, they find rest at death. They embrace death. They welcome death. Like when the Prophet ﷺ was given the choice at the time of his death, what did he say? Allahumma rafiq al-a'la. He chose death. Right? Likewise in the Qur'an we learn that a person will be told, يَا أَيَّتُهَا النَّفْسُ الْمُطْمَئِنَّةِ إِرْجِعِي إِلَىٰ رَبِّكِ رَاضِيَةً مَرْضِيَةً Return to your Lord, happy, pleased, 
and Allah is also pleased with you. So you see, some people find rest, comfort at death. They embrace death. They welcome death. Who? Those who have done something in life. Those who have deposited something for their afterlife. And then there are others whose focus is the dunya, not the akhirah. What happens to them at the time of death? They hate death. They hate to die. They just want to go back. They don't want to move forward. He doesn't want to meet Allah. He doesn't look forward to meeting Allah because he's scared. Of course, everyone should be scared because no matter how much we have done, it's never enough. It's never perfect. But one is that, okay, Ya Allah, I did my best. I was, I tried to be patient. I tried to forgive. I did whatever was within my capacity. You accept and you pardon and you forgive. I look forward to your mercy. But who can say this? Someone who's actually done something, right? But the one who's been neglecting his akhirah, neglecting the promises that Allah has made, then for him, death is regret. A source of regret. And he will say, Rabbir ji'uni. Why? La'alli. So that I may. A'malu. I do. I perform. Salihan. Righteous. Send me back, O Allah, back to the worldly life, so that maybe I will do righteousness. I will do good deeds. Which good deeds? Fima in that taraktu I left. Meaning those deeds which I left. Or in the life that I have left behind. I neglected so many good deeds. I abandoned so many opportunities. I left so many things unfinished. Ya Allah, give me another chance to go back so that I can do what I left. What does Allah say? Kalla, no way. Not at all. There is no going back. And no way, meaning this request of yours, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Why? Because innaha, indeed it, meaning what this person is saying at this time, it's just kalimatun, just a word, just a statement. It's just empty words. Huwa hi qailuha. Qail, one who says. Meaning he's just saying it. He's just saying it. He doesn't mean it. What is he just saying? That, oh Allah, if you send me back, I will do good deeds. Which good deeds? Those that I neglected before. You give me one more chance, I will make up for everything that I left. Give me one more chance. Allah says, no. This is just words that he's saying. Huwa qailuha. And this also implies he's been saying this. He said this before also. You see, the life of a few years even is sufficient to show which path a person is upon. A few years also. A person doesn't have to live a life of 80 years, 500 years to show that yeah, he's a good guy. No. Even a life of 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years is sufficient to show which path a person is upon, which way he is going on, what his likes are, what his focus is, what his goal is. Because each day, what is it? It's a summary of our lives. Each day is a representation of how we live, what our priorities are, what our goals are. Each day. Because sometimes we think, oh, when everything's good, then I will become perfect. No. Each day, even now, shows what our life looks like. 
how hard working we are or how lazy we are. How much we remember Allah or how much have we forgotten Him. How good we are to the people who are around us or how bad we are to the people who are around us. How seriously do we take our commitments, our work, or how much do we neglect them. Each day represents. You see, every single salah, what does that show? The level of our faith. Right? One salah is enough to tell what the level of iman is of that particular individual. You don't need 50 prayers to show, yeah, okay, on average my salah looks kind of good, so yeah, I'm a good person. No, even one salah is enough to show how your iman is. So sometimes we think that if we have more chances, if we have a really long life, if we have a lot of money, then yeah, we'll prove that we're good. No, those who are good, prove they're good even with a little bit of money. You know, Ali radiallahu anhu, when he went to Medina, he worked as a laborer. He worked as a laborer. The job that he found was of bringing water from a very far off place, all right, from a water source that was really far, and he had to bring it to a construction place, a place where somebody's house was being constructed. And all day he would spend in bringing buckets of water to that construction site. And in one entire day, he could only manage to bring 16 buckets. And you know how much he would make for each bucket that he would bring? One date. So a whole day of hard work and labor, what would that bring him? 16 dates. If you had 16 dates, after all this work, what would you do? You know what Ali radiallahu anhu would do? He would bring 8 dates and give them to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Eight he would keep for himself, and eight he would give to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Because someone who wants to share will share even the little that he has. Someone who wants to spend in the way of Allah, he will spend from even the little that he has. He will not wait for millions so that he can give away hundreds of thousands. No. So the point that I'm making over here is that we don't need a very long life, great opportunities and many, many opportunities to do good, to prove that we're good. Even a short life, even a few opportunities are sufficient to show how a person is, what his priorities are. This is why when a person will say, after death, give me one more chance, just one chance, so I can go back and fix everything. Will he be given that chance? No, he will not be given that chance. Why? Because he had long enough of a life in which he could have fixed it, in which he could have done good, if he really wanted to do it. Yes. I mean, Aisha radiallahu anha, she was only 18 years old when Rasulullah wasallam died, when he passed away. So basically, I mean, she was still a teenager. Right? But we see that afterwards, what did she do? She taught so much. So much ilm she gave. Imam al-Nawawi. Have you heard of 40 ahadith? Arba'oon al-Nawawi? What are they? I mean, it's the famous collection of ahadith. How old was he when he passed away? He was in his 40s, early 40s. Some say in his late 30s. He left behind a legacy. The Prophet wasallam. How many years did he live as a prophet? 23 years. 
23 years and he changed the face of Arabia. Completely changed it. 23 years was enough to bring about a revolution. Right? You don't need centuries. You don't need 10 years to work on a project. You don't need 5 years, 7 years and 50 opportunities to get something done. If you really want to do it, you'll do it in whatever situation you are in now. This is why this plea after death that oh my lord give me one more chance send me back so that I can do good it won't be accepted it will be rejected innaha kalimatun huwa qailuha he's just saying it he doesn't mean it in surah al-an'am ayah 28 allah says walaw ruddu la'adu liman huwa anhu wa innahum lakadhibun if they returned if they were sent back to this life they would repeat the same things that they were doing before they're just lying they're lying You see in our lives also there are plenty plenty of incidents to teach us that life is short to teach us that the time we have is very limited to teach us that we should make better choices we don't need a near death experience to shift the way we think to change the way we live to change our habits no We don't need that. There are plenty of incidents in our lives to teach us enough lessons. If we don't learn from them, then we can't learn from death. Then a person is just saying it. Then he doesn't mean it. وَمِنْ وَرَائِهِمْ And from behind them. Meaning once they have died, then behind them is a بَرْزَخْ What is بَرْزَخْ? Barrier. إِلَى يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ Until the day that they will be resurrected. The word بَرْزَخْ It means a separation, a barrier, an obstacle. And basically, barzakh is a barrier that does not let two things merge, join together. So for example, in the Qur'an we learn, مَرَجَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ يَلْتَقِيَانْ بَيْنَهُمَا بَرْزَخٌ لَا يَبْغِيَانْ Between the two waters is a barzakh, right? a barrier that does not let the two waters merge. Right? So what is that barzakh? A barrier. It's something in between that doesn't let the two things merge together. Right? So likewise, once a person dies, he has moved to the afterlife, then there is a barzakh, a barrier behind him. A barrier behind him, what does it mean? A barrier that does not allow him to return to the worldly life. There is no coming back. Now he's gone. You can't go back. You're in. وَمِن وَرَائِهِمْ بَرْزَخٌ And this barzakh that is behind them, this barrier that is behind them, that they cannot cross back into the worldly life, this is there, إِلَى يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ Until the day that they will be resurrected. Meaning now the body and soul are separated. And now they will not come together until the day of resurrection. Now then the body will join with the soul. What does this mean? This means that once a person dies, there is no coming back. There is no fixing things. There is no fixing mistakes. What's done is done. When is death coming? We don't know. Could be any day, any moment, any time, any second. Doesn't matter how old we are. Doesn't matter what we're busy with. It doesn't matter what our life situation is. It will come when it has to come. And once it comes, we are not 
coming back to this worldly life. This is our only chance to do something good, to do something valuable. So this is where we need to ask ourselves, what am I filling my life with? What am I doing in this life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to me? When will I learn to fix my relationships, to fix my speech, to control my anger? When will I learn? You can't go back in time, can you? You can't go back in time. Just recently I met this lady who was you know, crying. And she said that, I feel so bad about how I treated my children. I now seek forgiveness from them. And I'm like, but those of us who are young, who have little children, how are we with our kids? This is our time to do things correctly. But we don't do things correctly. And later on, we live our lives with regret. And what about the akhirah? Greater regret. Because there's no coming back to fix things. Now at least we can apologize and seek forgiveness. In the hereafter, once a person dies, then who's going to seek forgiveness? And who's going to apologize? فَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ then when the trumpet will be blown, نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ And the day of judgment, the resurrection comes, the day of judgment happens. فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ Then there will be no ansab between them. What is ansab? Relationship. The plural of nasab. Nasab, ties of kinship, affinity. Once the trumpet is blown, then there will be no ties of kinship between people. What does it mean? that people will forget one another. Then relationships will not matter. Relatives will not come to help us. Nasab in particular refers to blood relationships. So those who are closest to you, closest. Your blood relatives, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts, your children, your grandchildren. Because you see, sometimes what happens is that the relationships which are through marriage, sometimes they don't come when a person is in difficulty. Generally what happens? Those who are distant to you in relationship or not through blood, they kind of you know keep a distance. But those who are related to you through blood, they are of you, you are of them. What do you expect from them? They should help you. But Allah says, فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ Relationships will not matter because no relative will come to aid. وَلَا يَتَسَاءَلُونَ Nor will they ask about one another. يَتَسَاءَلُونَ from تَسَاءُلْ سِينَ هَمْزَلَامْ Su'al is to question, right? To ask. And تَسَاءُلْ is to ask each other for help, for assistance, for support. Because you see in Arabia, tribes, clans, what they would do is that if one clan, if one family was in problem, they would ask other families, other tribes for help, for support. That you are related to us through that great you know, forefather. So you are somewhat related to us. Come and assist us. Come and help us. Come and support us. But Allah says on the Day of Judgment, no one will ask about another individual. And if no one will ask about another individual, what does it mean? No one will care. No one will care at all. وَلَا يَتَسَأَلُونَ if the closest ones, the nearest ones will not care, then do we expect our friends to care? Do we expect them to care for us on that day? They cannot. In Surah Abbasaya 33-36, Allah says, فَإِذَا جَاءَتِ الصَّاخَةِ يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ In Surah Al-Ma'arij, Ayatan, Allah says, وَلَا يَسْأَلُ حَمِيمٌ حَمِيمًا 
No Hamim will ask about another Hamim. Who is Hamim? Hamim is from Humma. And Humma is like fever, to be hot. To someone who gets really angry for you. For you. Meaning for your sake. In your defense. You understand Hamim? Like someone who loves you. Someone who really cares about you. You know for instance, there could be a particular individual in your family. Like for example, your mother. Alright? And if there is a particular relative who doesn't like them, and you hear them saying something bad about your mother, what happens to your blood pressure? Huh? Rises, right? What happens to your face? Hot. Why? Because you're angry for the sake of your mother. Right? Likewise, your friends, people whom you support, people whom you respect. But what does Allah say? لا يسأل حميم حميما. No حميم will even ask about another حميم. Don't depend on people for your akhirah. Don't think that they will come and help. فمن ثقلت موازينه. فمن so whoever ثقلت it was heavy. موازينه his scales. موازين is a plural of ميزان. What is ميزان? Scale where good deeds are weighed. So deeds are placed on the scales. Whoever scales are heavy, meaning the side of the good deeds, that is heavy. Or mawazin is a plural of mawzun. Mawzun is that which is weighed. That which is placed on the scale, meaning the deeds. If they are heavy, فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Then those will be successful. How much does our salah weigh? What's the weight of our prayers? You know when you perform your zuhur salah for example, ask yourself, how much weight does it have? What grade would I give it? What grade would I give it? فَمَنْ سَقُلَتْ نَوَازِينُ Those whose scales are heavy, whose deeds are heavy, the one whose prayer is heavy, and check your day also. How heavy is my day? What's the weight of my day? Meaning, what is it that I have done in this day of mine that has value, that makes this day valuable? What have I earned in this day? فَمَنْ سَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُ And whoever's scales are light or deeds are light. There are many prayers. There is a lot of recitation of the Qur'an. There is a lot of charity, but it's hollow. You know, for example, if a person is performing the prayer, and most of that prayer, he didn't even know what he was saying, there was no khushur, then it's a hollow prayer. On the apparent, it looks like big and, okay, salah, it's apparently a very good deed, but on the inside, it's hollow. You know those chocolate bunnies? Right? When I first saw them, I was like, I gotta get one of those. I'm like, I don't celebrate Easter or anything like that, but it's chocolate, right? So I'm just going to buy chocolate. And I went and bought one. And when I picked it up, I was wondering, why is it so light? And then I opened it. And when I broke it, was I disappointed? Because it was hollow from inside. In a beautiful wrapper, right? Made of chocolate, but inside it was empty. It didn't have much weight. And this is how we need to look at our deeds. On the apparent, yes, big check mark. I performed my prayer. Yeah, done, done. I've given my zakat. Yeah, I gave charity as well. But how much does it weigh? And what is it that brings weight to our deeds? 
The sincerity with which we have performed that deed. The love with which we have performed that deed. How are our feelings? Did we really have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when performing that deed? Because we don't want that on the day of judgment. Apparently, we have a lot of good deeds, but when they're placed on the scale, what are they from inside? Empty, empty, empty. فَمَنْ سَقُلَتْ مَوَازِنُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ And you see, something could be very small, apparently very small, but heavy. Have you ever seen such things? Just look at weights, right? What are they? Apparently very small, right? But when you pick it up, it's heavy, super heavy. That is what we want our deeds to be like, dense, full. Because if they're heavy, they will matter. And if they're empty and hollow from inside, cheap quality, then they won't matter. Because those whose scales are light, فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ Then those are the ones who will lose themselves. They will lose themselves. They are to blame themselves. فِي جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدُونَ In hellfire, they will abide eternally. So this is a serious matter. We want to make sure that our deeds have value. They have weight. They are done with ihsan, with ikhlas, with excellence and with sincerity. And in the right way also. So that they bring some value on the Day of Judgment. Because otherwise, there is total loss. So much so that a person will lose himself. He will lose his freedom. He will lose his life, his comfort. Eternally. فِي جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدُونَ In hellfire, they will abide eternally. And in hellfire, تَلْفَحُ وُجُوهَهُمُ النَّارِ تَلْفَحُ It will scorch. It will sear. It will disfigure. لَفَحَ لَمْ فَحَ لَفْح لَفْح is to scorch, to burn something. Sear it completely. So that its appearance changes. It's disfigured. Disfigured, it's changed. So talfahu wujuhahum wujuh plural of waj. Their faces they'll be burnt by anar fire, meaning fire will reach up to their faces. Even the faces will not be spared, and the faces will be scorched, burnt, disfigured. Wahum and they fiha in it kalihun. Kalihun is a plural of kalih. And kalih from the root letters kaf, lam, ha, kalh is to frown so intensely, so severely that the entire face becomes wrinkled. You know, one is to frown just a little bit. The frown is just on the forehead. But then the other is to frown so severely that the wrinkles appear even around the nose, the lips. And so the whole skin of the face is like contracted. It's tight. And when it's like that, then what is open? The mouth is open. Teeth are exposed. This is kalh. To frown so much so, the skin of the face is so tight that the lips do not close and the teeth are exposed. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he was asked about kalih. What is kalihun? What does it mean by this? He said, Alam tara ila ra'sil mashit? Have you not seen a roasted head of goat? A roasted head of goat. You know, in many cultures, the brain is also eaten. 
And to get to the brain, what people do is that the head, they burn it, they scorch it. I've seen it many times. And it takes hours to do that. And the point of that is to basically burn the skin, which is covering the head, which is covering the face. And basically the entire skin, it just burns, it becomes tight, so that the teeth are showing. This is kalh. This is kalh. And this is real. وَهُمْ فِيهَا كَالِحُونَ They will be in hell with tout smiles. Meaning an ugly appearance. Their lips will have receded on account of being burnt. The agony of being in hell, of being tormented in hell, will cause eternal frowns and eternal ugliness to appear on their faces. وَهُمْ فِيهَا كَالِحُونَ In Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 66, Allah says, يَوْمَ تُقَلَّبُ وُجُوهُمْ فِي النَّارِ The day when their faces will be turned about in the fire. Turned about, burned from every side. يَقُولُونَ يَا لَيْتَنَا أَطَعْنَ اللَّهَ وَأَطَعْنَ الرَّسُولَ They will say how we wish we had obeyed Allah. How we wish we had obeyed the Messenger. Allah says, أَلَمْ تَكُنْ آيَاتِي They will be asked, أَلَمْ was not, takun it was, ayati, my verses, tutla alaykum, recited upon you? Were my verses not recited upon you? Did you not know about the Qur'an? Did you never hear the recitation of the Qur'an? Have we ever heard the Qur'an? Allah is asking a question here. Alam takun ayati tutla alaykum. Have we heard the Qur'an? Then what is our reaction? What should we do? What is our amal like? Because ilm is for amal. Knowledge is for action. It's not for accumulation. Knowledge is not just to be accumulated. It's meant to be implemented. And if a person hears and learns and writes and records and collects knowledge, but he doesn't implement it, then in hadith we learn that the first person with whom to sa'aru, jahannam, hellfire, will be ignited. Have you ever seen fire when it's burning? And you add fuel to it, then what happens to that fire? It rises, it increases. So the hellfire is already burning. But the first person to be thrown in hellfire, because of whom hellfire will become, you know, it will become greater, it will feed off of that person. Who is he? Alim. لَمْ يَعْمَلْ بِعِلْمِهِ He is the alim, the knowledgeable person who does not do amal on his ilm, who does not act upon his knowledge, who knows, but he does not implement. أَلَمْ تَكُنْ آيَاتِي تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ فَكُنْتُمْ بِهَا تُكَذِّبُونَ But you used to deny them. You knew, you found out, but you rejected you didn't believe, you didn't accept, or even if you did, you did takdeeb with your actions. Because one is to reject verbally, and another is to reject through your actions. You understand? One is to say, like for example, if somebody tells us, please bring water for me, and we say, no, not going to. This is rejection. But how? Verbal. And the other is that we're asked, please bring water, and we don't get up, we don't bring anything. Are we rejecting? We are. Through words? No. How? By action. 
كنتم بها تكذبون قالوا they will say ربنا our lord غلبت علينا شقوتنا غلبت it overcame علينا on us شقوتنا our شقوة our wretchedness our misery our unluckiness you know we were just really lazy and it overcame us وكنا and we used to be قوما ضالين a people who were astray Oh Allah, we knew what to do, but our desires overpowered us. We did not take life seriously. Rabbana, oh our Lord, akhrijna minha. Take us out from it. Because just imagine the agony, the pain of burning. So much so that the entire skin is burnt. It's shrunk. It's shrunk. Because this description is quite horrifying. Talfahu wujuhahumun nar wa hum fiha kalihun. They will say, رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا مِنْهَا Please take us out from it. فَإِنْ عُدُنَا If we return to evil, فَإِنَّا ظَالِمُونَ Then yes indeed we are wrongdoers. Then punish us. What is the plea over here? What is the request here? Just give us one chance. One chance. If we repeat, then okay, we are blameworthy. We are wrong. What will Allah say? Qala, he will say, Ikhsa'u fiha. Remain despised therein. Ikhsa'u, from Khasin Hamza. Khasa'a is to chase away a dog. To drive away a dog. Someone who's not worth anything. And if they're bothering you, what do you do? Get away from here. Get away. When someone is despicable, they don't have any worth before you. They're worthless before you. They don't have any value. And you're irritated by the fact that they're just opening their mouth even. You don't want to hear them. You don't want to see them. Then this is khasa'a. Such a person is driven away. This is khasa'a. So ikhsa'u, it's almost degrading. It's humiliating. اِخْسَعُوا فِيهَا Get back in hell and remain therein. وَلَا تُكَلِّمُونِي And don't even speak to me. Allah will say to such people, don't even dare speak to me. They will not be allowed to even make dua to Allah. Right now, what are we told? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? اُدْعُونِي اُدْعُونِي Call upon me. Ask me. You need help against the evil of your own nafs? Ask me. You need help against shaitan? Ask me. But right now we don't ask. We're too lazy to ask. Or we find it too difficult to ask. Whereas how difficult is it to ask Allah? You don't have to go to a place. You don't have to find a specific time. I mean, yes, there are certain times when du'as are accepted, but you can call upon Allah anytime. Udruni. But at that time, people will be told, اِخْسَأُوا فِيهَا وَلَا تُكَلِّمُونِ Why is it that they will not be allowed to speak? Because, إِنَّهُ Indeed it, كَانَ There was فَرِيقٌ A group, مِنْ عِبَادِي Of my servants. There used to be a group of my servants, يَقُولُونَ Who would say, رَبَّنَا آمَنَّا Oh our Lord, we have believed. فَغْفِرْ لَنَا So forgive us. وَرْحَمْنَا And have mercy on us. وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّاحِمِينَ And you are the best of those who show mercy. There was a group of my servants who were like this. 
But what did you do? فَاتَّخَذْتُمُوهُمْ But you took them سِخْرِيَّ in mockery. You made them into an object of ridicule. You made fun of them. You made fun of their recitation. You made fun of their dua. You made fun of their activities. You made fun of their iman, their goals, their actions. You made fun of them. So much so that hatta until ansaukum, they made you forget from the root letters nun, sin, ya, nisyan is to forget. Insa is to make someone else forget. So you were so caught up with making fun of others that you forgot about dhikri, my reminder, my remembrance, my message. Because a person who gets caught up with other people just making fun of them, then he cannot find time to remember Allah. He forgets the dhikr that Allah has sent, the warnings that Allah has sent, the message that Allah has sent. He doesn't remember Allah. And the person who's forgotten Allah, in reality, who has he forgotten? Himself. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ Don't be like those people who have forgotten Allah. Why? Because those who have forgotten Allah, what have they done in reality? They have forgotten themselves. So hatta ansaukum dhikri. You were so caught up with making fun of the believers that you forgot about yourself. You forgot about me. Wa kuntum and you were minhum at them tabhakun. You used to laugh, dhik, dadhaka to laugh, laughter. You laughed at them. You had a good time laughing at them in sarcasm, deriding at them, mocking at them. That when you saw someone. Practicing their faith. You saw someone making dua to Allah. Instead of thinking, I should also make dua, you just laughed at them. You saw someone observing some of the commandments that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. Instead of supporting them, you laughed at them. You made fun of them. You giggled. You laughed at their hijab, at their niqab, at their salah, at their recitation of the Qur'an. At their taking their classes, their Qur'an seriously, whatever they're doing, you laughed at them. وَكُنْتُمْ مِنْهُمْ تَبْحَكُونَ إِنِّي, indeed I, جَزَيْتُهُمْ I have rewarded them. الْيَوْمَ today? Why? Why have I rewarded them today? Who is them? Those who believed. Who were laughed at. Today, meaning day of judgment, Allah will say, I reward them بِمَا صَبَرُوا Because they were patient. They patiently endured. They didn't give up. They did sabr over your ridicule. You hurt them. They were patient. Annahum. And what is their jaza? What is the reward that I have given them? That annahum indeed they humul faizun. They are the attainers. Faizun plural faiz. One who attains foes. One who is successful. Today they are granted success. What do we see in these verses? That there are two types of people described over here. One is of those who when they hear the ayat of Allah, they believe. And they say, Oh our Lord, we have believed. فَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَرْحَمْنَا You forgive us our mistakes and you have mercy on us. And then the other type of people are who? Who hear, who learn, but they تُكَذِّبُونَ They just deny And they deny and they make fun of those who are doing good. 
And they get so busy in making fun of others and laughing at them that they do nothing themselves. They forget their own responsibilities. What they have to do. Non-serious attitude in life. What's the result? Those who believe, seek Allah's forgiveness, who remain firm, who remain patient at the hurt that they suffer at the hands of others, what is it that they will get on the Day of Judgment? Allah says, أَنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ They will be successful. And on the other hand, those who spend their lives just commenting on others, making fun of others, then what do they get? تَلْفَحُ وُجُوهَهُمُ النَّارِ تَلْفَحُ وُجُوهَهُمُ النَّارِ This is their consequence. In Surah Al-Muttafifin also we learn, Ayah 29-30, that إِنَّ الَّذِينَ أَجْرَمُوا كَانُوا مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا يَضْحَكُونَ Those who committed crimes used to laugh at those who believed. وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِهِمْ يَتَغَامَزُونَ And when they passed by them, they would exchange derisive glances, meaning they would you know, wink at each other as if you know, mocking at the believers by just looking at one another. But on the Day of Judgment, what will happen? فَالْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَضْحَكُونَ Then the believers, they will laugh at the disbelievers. The tables will turn. The tables will turn. And this teaches us that we should never ever laugh at someone who is doing something good. Who is doing something good. Even if it may appear strange to us, even if it may seem silly to us, still, never mock at them. Never make fun of them. Because we don't know how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates their efforts. You know like for example, a person is trying to improve their tajweed. Right? And they're just practicing. They're practicing. And they may sound really funny. They may sound really strange. But if we laugh at them, aren't we going to hurt their feelings? We are going to hurt their feelings, right? Aren't we going to discourage them? Sometimes little children even, they're discouraged when others laugh at them. They lose their confidence completely. So be careful. We don't want to laugh at someone who is loved by Allah for the effort that they're making. Because we don't want to be those people who will be laughed at on the Day of Judgment. That happened to me last year. Can you believe this? And a woman, she started laughing um, when I was having a problem with Ayn, right? And can you believe it? I started crying after that, you know. And um, one of my friends, she said, I'm going to, you know, choke your neck next time if you not be able to say Ayn. Then, but, uh, you know, I reflected on that and I started doing my Tajweed course. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Even adults. You know, Firstly, just think about how much a person has to do to, at an old age or as an adult to go in front of a Qur'an teacher and sit in front of them and learn how to recite. You know how difficult it is? It's very difficult. Have you ever sat in a class with people who are younger than you? How does it feel? How does it feel? It's very difficult to sit with people who are younger than you. Maybe, you know, it happens that you have to take like a, you know, some night school or something to upgrade your whatever, your credits or something. And you're sitting with people who are much younger than you in age. It takes a lot of confidence to do that. But we still do it anyway because we're like, okay, it's only a few days and 
you know, it's just one course. If I don't do it, I can't get into this university. I can't get into this program. So you, you do it anyway. But when it comes to deen, it's even more difficult. So firstly, the fact that a person is trying. And secondly, when they're trying, we make fun of them. We laugh at them, shatter their confidence. Stopping them from the way of Allah. Because being laughed at is not easy. Being bullied is not easy to handle. It's very difficult to handle. It's very difficult to deal with. So never laugh at someone when they're trying to do something good for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.